0: Journey into space. The BBC presents Jet Morgan in Operation Luna. and his crew have been on the moon for 13 days. During that time, they've carried on their work of exploring the moon's surface and photographing the heavens. Twice since landing on the moon, strange sounds have been heard, and besides Doc seeing the image of a dome-like structure on the televiewer screen, Jet had the uncanny experience of slipping, as he thought, backwards and forwards in time. But during the last six days of their stay on the Earth satellite, nothing bothered them. And it was with light hearts and feelings of relief that the four men climbed into the ship for the last time and prepared to take off for the long journey back to Earth and home. Ten. Five, four, three,
1: two,
2: one. Contact! Well, press it. Press the switch.
1: I did. It didn't work.
2: What? Press it again.
1: Still nothing, not a flicker.
2: But on final check, the motor was okay. There can't be anything wrong. Hey, Chet, the radio's cut, and the radar. Now the is going.
1: Listen, the gyro. It stopped. Everything stopped. There's not a thing in the ship that works.
3: Oh, the lights are still on. <laughs> oh, why can't I keep my big mouth shut? What's happened to the emergency
2: lights? They should have come on automatically. Lemmy. Yes, Jim? The flashlight hanging
1: behind you. Can yeah. you find it? I think so. Then switch it on. Hurry, switch it on.
3: Wait a minute, I haven't found it yet. Oh, yes, I've got it now. Now. Yeah. Oh,
4: thank goodness. That's better. To have to lie in the dark as well would be the last straw.
2: Now, what's happened, Mitch? Main power supply must have failed. We can thank our lucky stars it didn't happen while we were actually taking off. Well, didn't you check
1: the power pack? Well, of course I did. Well, we'd better get down the hole and check it again. Let me get the tool pack out the locker, will you? Yep. Yeah. And, Doc, go around to every control and switch it off. Break every circuit and keep it open till we get back. Right. Come on, Mitch. Open up the hatch and let's go down. You. Nothing wrong, so far as we can tell. Uh-huh. Oh,
3: well, thank goodness for that. Shall I start switching on again?
1: Nothing wrong, but she doesn't
2: work. hey? Eh?
1: She's as dead as a doornail.
2: Is that right, Mitch? Yes, Doc. It beats me. I, I can't understand it at all. Well, Fault must be somewhere else. Up here in the cabin. Uh, the main distributor board, maybe.
1: Maybe. We'd better look at that next. And while we're about it, you and Lemmy better start checking the equipment you're
3: responsible for. Okay. Uh,
1: see if you can find any trouble there. Sorry,
3: Jet. Just like it was before. As far as I can tell, there's nothing wrong with a
4: radio, radar, or televiewer. The in circuit is intact and all. Doc? Yeah, same in my department. Air conditioner and automatic oxygen supply are both packed in. Only the pressure indicators are working. They're not on the circuit.
2: If the oxygen supply doesn't work, how do we breathe? Oh, we can regulate it by hand.
1: Well, at least we won't suffocate. No. You checked the main fuses, didn't you, Lemmy? Yes, Jet,
4: all intact.
1: Well, gentlemen... Until we trace the trouble, we're stuck. Stranded. We can't take off. We can't even go outside. The airlock doesn't work either. Blimey.
4: What do we do now? Well, we'll look again.
1: Go over every inch of the ship with a fine tooth comb. Unless we find what's wrong and put it right, we'll be here for good.
4: Look, Jet. For nearly 48 hours we've been at it. We've got to take a rest. How can we rest? But we've taken some of the equipment to pieces a dozen times... At least let two of us sleep. Let's work out a
1: shift system or something. Oh, all right. You and Mitch. Lemmy and I will carry on. We'll wake you up in four hours.
2: Let Lemmy sleep, Jed. I can keep going. Oh, thanks. I will keep my eyes open. No,
1: no, Mitch. One of us, either you or me, must be awake while the other sleeps. Oh. Well, if you say so. Now, come on, Lemmy. Let's try the distributor board again. Well, if there is any traceable fault, it's eluded us. I don't think there's any point in going all over it again. We'll wear out the equipment just by constantly taking it to pieces. And what do we do? Sit and twiddle our thumbs? For a while, yes. Our rest will do us all good. Give us time to think. Coming back fresh to the job might help solve it.
4: Well, in any case, we can't go on sweating our insides out. The more physical energy we use up, the quicker the store of oxygen goes down. How much oxygen have we got? Oh, I'd guess I'd say enough for 15 more days. Is that all? Well, it seemed enough when we left home. We didn't expect to spend extra time here. Well, that means unless we take off within ten days,
1: we won't have enough left to last the journey back to Earth.
4: And how about food? Normal rations would last about as long as the oxygen, but both can be eked out over a slightly longer period, if we're careful. Doc,
1: I'll make it your responsibility to ration both the food and the oxygen. Uh We'll organise periodic checks of the ship's installations. Now, uh, one flashlight will remain on the control table but it'll be turned on only when necessary for the checks and for Doc to write his diary.
2: Is that so important that we have to waste valuable light on it?
1: One flashlight lasts quite a time, Mitch. Besides, now the recorder's out of action, Doc's notes will have to serve as the log. Now, onto your bunks and let's get the rotor worked out for a start.
3: Um, We were all so pleased, laughing and joking, because we was going home.
1: Get onto your bunk, Lenny, and save your breath.
4: November 12th, 1965 it is now 23 days since takeoff from earth 19 days since we landed on the moon's surface and five days since we tried to get off again by now everybody including mitch has resigned himself to waiting and hoping every few hours the radio radar televiewer and other installations have switched on in the hope that power is returned to the ship The only illumination is the one flash lamp which burns over the control table. It doesn't throw much light around the cabin, most of which is in deep shadow. Only the blank, expressionless faces of the dials and gauges staring dimly at us from the darkness that is the wall. The dull gleam of the metal that goes to make up the concave roof reflects what light reaches it, enabling us to make out very faintly the door that leads to the little pilot's cabin in the ship's nose, the cabin which Jet would have entered to pilot the ship through the Earth's atmosphere on the return journey. The time drags. Talking would make it slip by quickly, but the quicker it passes, the sooner the end, whatever it may be, will be reached.
0: Jet? Yes, Lenny? How can you read
3: a book at a time like this? What else is there to do?
4: While the light's on,
1: I might as well take advantage of it.
2: It's getting perishing hot, isn't it? Oh, but it's cool outside. Minus 270 degrees centigrade, if you call that cool. You'd freeze solid the moment you put your foot outside the door.
3: Oh, I wonder what the boys back in Australia are thinking. If things had gone all right, it would be only a few hours before we'd be home. They'll be looking out for us wondering why we didn't call them again after we said we were about to take off. Oh, shut up, Lemmy. What a way to end up in a rocket ship that's supposed to reach 29,000 miles an hour
4: and can't even raise itself a foot above the ground. Why, oh,
2: shut up, do you hear?
4: Well, Lemmy. Yes, Doc? It's your turn to check the oxygen and give out the food. Oh, yes, Doc. Here's the light.
3: You sure you don't want to go on writing for a bit? No, thank you. How about you, Jet?
4: You won't be able to see to read. I can wait.
3: Oxygen pressure, 29.5.
4: 29.5.
3: Two tanks still full. Two tanks. Temperature, 92 degrees.
4: 92. All right, now the food, Lemmy.
3: (coughs) Rations. Four flasks of fruit juice and four airtight sandwich packs.
1: Give them out, Lemmy. Then go back to your bunk and uh, try not to talk so much.
4: Yes, chap. November 13th six days. We are now really beginning to miss the air conditioner. The heat is almost unbearable, the thermometer standing just over a hundred degrees. We have now removed most of our clothes and live in our underwear, and we can expect it to get hotter as each hour goes by. Nobody talks very much. Each man gets up, adjusts the oxygen supply, and distributes the rations as his turn comes round. Almost the only words we've heard these last two hours were Jet's orders when we carried out the last tests on the equipment with the usual result. Nothing. Jet reads constantly. Mitch lies in his bunk, gazing at the ceiling, while Lemmy, who has the bunk above mine, treats us to a musical recital on his harmonica.
2: Lemmy! Lemmy, cut out that row, will you? me. What's up, Mitch? Haven't we got enough trouble without having that awful noise going on all the time? Who says it's a noise? Why can't you play something else for a change? Oh, I don't know nothing else. Well, shut up! Put the thing away!
1: Now, hold on, Mitch. Yesterday you were only too glad to hear him play it.
3: Well,
2: I'm fed up with it now.
1: Put it away,
3: Lemmy. Well, I've got to do something to pass the time, Jet. Just lying here, hour after hour, sweating and thinking, it's enough to give you the pip. Then there's something we can do. Test the equipment again or something. It's
4: not above an
1: hour since we finished a check.
4: Lemmy's right. Lying here in silence is bad. We ought to, ought to try to do something collective for short periods. At least keep our minds off things for a bit.
2: How about a nice stroll outside in the earthlight?
4: Seven days. Heat gets worse. Temperatures now way above the hundred mark. None of us has hardly a stitch of clothing on and our bunks are soaked with perspiration. Monotonously, time drags by. Equipment check, oxygen supply, rations. And in between, Jet doing his utmost to keep our spirits up. We must have played every parlor game that was ever invented. We lie in the dark and fire questions at each other on general knowledge... We no longer know or care whether the answers are right. We take turns reciting verses. It gives us something to do and takes our minds off the inevitable climax which slowly but relentlessly approaches. For, unless life returns to the ship within the next six days, it must be the end of us all.
2: The Tower of London. that's 14 points to you. Uh, right, Lemmy, your turn. Uh, animal. Uh, four legs? No. Uh, two legs. No legs. No legs. No legs. And it's mineral. You just said it was
3: animal. It's mineral.
1: Uh, manufactured?
3: And big, like a huge doughnut.
1: Is it manufactured?
3: Made of metal, with a dome where the hole should be. Lemmy. And windows, and a blue light flashing on and off underneath. And it's coming here. Lemmy. It's coming, I'll tell you. It's
2: right on us. The... What? It's going. It must be working. No, hold on, I'm coming. Oh, ah. no, Ted, no. Yeah, something on it. See? See it? Yeah. See it? good lord what on earth is it dead it's like floating and the light the flashing light
3: dead
4: it's gone whatever it was it's gone but the screen's still alive you can see the stars
2: oh you could
4: see the stars yeah it's dead again lemmy lemmy you all right well what's happened
2: to him
1: i don't know Try to find the flashlight. I knocked it off the table in my um, hurry to get over here.
2: Yes, I've got it, Jet.
1: Does it work? No. Oh. Lemmy, can you hear well, me? Well, the main lights, if the
2: power's on, they should come on too. Uh, Lemmy, what's the matter? Answer me. Doc, the light switch just above the control huh? table. Can you find it? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I got it. <coughs> Nothing. Stay where you are. I'll get another lamp out of the locker. Lemmy. Leave me alone. Lemmy, the power was on. Do you hear? It came on again.
3: Oh,
1: Lemmy, what's happened to you?
3: What is it? I heard it. That music, I heard it again. You did? It was going to be a horse. The one that won last year's derby. What was? My object. When I started to answer the questions, it, it all got mixed up. And, and then that music came and all I could think of was a, a... Well, I don't know what it is now, a kind of...
1: You don't have to describe it, Lemmy. We saw it. Eh? We all saw it. What? On the televiewer with a flashing blue light under it. It seemed to be Flying. And for a moment, it filled the whole screen and then moved out of range, almost as though it might have passed right over us. And then we saw nothing but the stars, just for a few seconds before the screen went dead again.
2: Then it wasn't just me.
1: No, Lemmy. It affected all of us this time.
2: Ah, that's better. What a difference just a little light makes.
1: The other one out of action, Mitch?
2: Yeah. yeah hit
1: the floor pretty hard. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I expect we can put it right. Well, give it to Lemmy. Let him try. The rest of us will go around the ship, carry out another full inspection just in case things are about to start working again.
4: It is now three days since the televiewer suddenly burst into life and the picture of the... whatever it was, appeared on it. Since then, the ship has been as dead as it ever was. The heat is now beyond description. We are using up the oxygen supply rapidly. I estimate we have barely enough to last nine days more. And we need five of those days for the return journey back to Earth. So we have now only four days left. Four days. If we haven't taken off by then.
3: Jet. Yes, Lemmy? The light's on. Why aren't you reading?
1: I've read this book four times now. I practically know it by heart. Is it any good? Oh, yes. I first read it as a child. It's always been a favorite of mine.
2: Well, don't keep it all to yourself. Read us a bit.
4: Yeah. It'd be better than just lying here staring at the ceiling and
2: thinking. Well, uh, I don't think you'd like it all that much. How do we know until we've heard it? Here, go on, read it. Or some of it anyway. We can have another installment next time the light's on. Go on. Oh, all right. you really want me to. What's it called? And who's it by?
1: It's by H.G. Wells. Oh, yeah? And uh, it's called The First Man in the Moon. Oh. You still want to hear it?
2: Yes, Jet. Go ahead. What difference can it make? Yeah, it might tell us how to get out of this mess we're in. <laughs>
4: go on, Jet.
2: Give it a try.
4: Chapter the first.
1: <laughs> That's as far as we can go for now. It's time for the light to be put out for one hour. Turn it off, will you, not?
3: Yeah. Blimey, that Bedford fellow certainly ran into a lot of trouble, didn't he? (sighs) Ingenious idea, those Selenites. Thank goodness we didn't meet up with any. If there's one thing we have proved by coming up here, it's that there's no life on the moon. None of...
4: What in heaven's name is that?
3: Mice.
1: Seems to be coming from down in the hold, or from outside, down near the stern...
3: There it goes again. On the other side this time. It's as though somebody were
4: walking around the ship and tapping it to see what it was made of. Or trying to find a way in.
2: What kind of a noise is that? Mm
3: -hmm. Now they're on the tap again, going all the way around the ship.
1: And, Mitch, turn on the light.
0: Yes, Jeff. Well,
4: it must be an hour at least since it stopped. Whatever it was, it must have gone away. Thirteen days. The strange tapping sounds we heard three days ago have not been heard since. We have no idea what they were. Now there is only one day left. Unless we take off tomorrow, we cannot hope to reach the Earth alive. Soon, in just an hour or two, the sun will be rising over the bay and we will have been here 28 Earth days. From the Earth, the moon will be rapidly approaching full. Hundreds of astronomers all over the world will be looking for us. We are too small to be seen, but with luck, while the sun is still low on the lunar horizon, somebody might see our ship's long shadow and recognize it. That will tell them that we are still here. They won't be able to help us, but at least they'll know we haven't wandered off into space. Perhaps to spend eternity as a tiny, artificial asteroid in an orbit round the sun.
3: Hey, Jet! The televiewer! What? The televiewer! It's come on! It's working!
2: What's that? The air conditioner. The power must be back. The ship's alive again! The lights! Try the lights! That's just what I am doing. Hi. Oh! <laughs> That's oh, better. Oh, come on, the lights are come on again. Let me get to the radio, see if that's working. What? The rest of you, go to your own controls. Yeah, sure. Check everything. Right. Yep. Yes. Automatic oxygen supply is going, as well as the air conditioner. We should start cooling off soon. Motor gauges are alive. Tank full. Everything okay? Oh, thank heavens, and not a day too soon. Radio's going. Transmitter registers full
1: aerial current. See if you can contact Earth, Lemmy. What do you think I'm doing? Come on, Mitch. Let's make one thorough check. See if we're
2: fit for takeoff. Fancy why not? All we needed was power, and we got it. We're going home. <laughs> We're going home.
3: Hello, hello, rocket ship Luna calling. Rocket ship Luna, calling rocket launching ground, Wonga Walla, Australia. Can you hear me? Come in, please. Over. Any luck, Lemmy? No, Chet. Not a peep. Uh, transmitter, okay? So far as I can tell, but they can't be listening. <laughs> you can't blame them. We're more than a week overdue. Well, somebody must be hearing us somewhere. Maybe trying to contact us, too. Shall I search around a bit? They won't necessarily be dead on frequency. Well, do you think it best? Yes, I do. I can't do worse than I am now. <laughs> this band seems pretty full. Anybody listening to any of this should hear us.
2: Or supposing they can understand what I'm talking about.
1: Hey, Jet. Yes, Mitch?
2: Motor's OK. No reason why we shouldn't take off. Just as soon as you're ready.
1: Well, we haven't contacted base yet. Uh, well,
2: how long do you intend to give them?
1: To the last minute. We can't risk approaching Earth without their help and information. And if we don't get them? Then we'll have to take off and take the chance.
2: Don't leave it too long, Jet. I don't think I could stand it if the power cut out again.
1: Oh, well, we can stay here another 12 hours. We'll make that the deadline. Unless we hear from base first and it's OK to take off sooner.
2: Right. Keep at that radio, Lemmy. Uh. The sooner you contact Earth, the sooner we get away. Oh, I'll do my best. Nothing I've heard yet is trying to get us, and that's
3: for certain. Hello. Hello, Earth. This is rocket ship Luna trying to contact Earth. Rocket ship Luna calling from the moon. Come in, please. We need to hear from you urgently. Now, oh, we'll try again. I know
2: somewhere out in the world there is a gal for me. I'd like to find and make you mind how I have
3: Music, music, it been nothing been but music.
2: Right and school, I would buy a rocket ship and take you to the moon. I? We would have our honeymoon on the rocket ship. We would fly from star to star on our wedding trip. You make your way out, out of a big moon. thing, spring bring the stardust in your hair you'd be a perfect
3: dream. What do they think they're doing down there playing that stuff?
0: This is London calling in the overseas service of the BBC. Hey, chip, London! Here is the news. It was announced from Canberra today that little hope can now be entertained for the crew of the experimental spaceship that landed on the moon a month ago.
4: Oh, thanks very much. The rocket ship Luna took off from the Bay of Rainbows on the
0: 27th of October. In the last radio message received from the ship, they said they would be calling again within six minutes, but nothing was heard. A statement from the launching ground at Wonga Walla says that the ship must have either crashed back onto the moon or missed the Earth entirely. In, in that case, it must be somewhere out in space and lost forever. Aboard the ship were pilot Andrew Morgan, popularly known as Jet.
3: Turn it off. Turn it off? Yes, turn it off. The of the ship. Fools. You're not kidding. We didn't say we had taken off. We said we were about to take off. Get back to the transmitter, Lenny. Keep All calling. Right. Try to raise somebody. Okay. Hey,
1: Jet. What is it, Doc? Come oh. over here, quick. What? what's the trouble?
3: The screen. Look at the screen. The crater. Limey. Good heavens. Is that the thing Lemmy saw uh, during the guessing game? Is it, Lemmy? You should know. You said you saw it yourself. You all did. Yes, but not
1: like this. With the rising sun lighting up every detail, we only caught a glimpse of it.
4: Oh, that's when it must have arrived. And it's been sitting out there ever since. You mean it landed here? Well, what else are we to think? Then who is it? What
3: is it? Must be H.G. Wells's lock. There's only one way to find out. We'll go out there. Right? But we can't. It's time for us to leave. We
2: can't spare the oxygen. We've got a couple of hours yet. We don't know what that thing is or what it can do to us. The very reason I want to go. This is the biggest thing we've seen since we landed here. We can't pull out on it now. Yeah, but
1: Chet... Are you willing to come with me, Mitch? Yes, Chet. I'm all for it. And get the suits, Lemmy. We're going out. <laughs>
0: You've been listening to episode four of Journey into Space with Andrew Foles as Jet Morgan, Alfie Bass as Lemmy, Guy Kingsley Pointer as Doc, and David Williams as Mitch. Other parts were played by David Jacobs. The orchestra was conducted by Van Phillips, who also composed the music. Journey into Space was written and produced for the BBC by Charles Chilton.